You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Reports say a worldwide spear phishing attack against industries in 50 countries is in progress. Ransomware is already proving as much of a problem as predicted. Exposed databases are hijacked in a turf war among extortion gangs. And KillDisk has now appeared in ransomware kits. The U.S. intelligence community tells the Senate that, yes indeed, the Russians were hacking during the election. A full report is promised for next week. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary and week in review for Friday, January 6, 2017. Kaspersky Lab reports a globally coordinated cyber attack against some 500 companies in 50 countries. The campaign began in August 2016, made extensive use of spear phishing, and appears to have as its object industrial espionage. The targeted sectors are construction, engineering, electrical power distribution, and basic metals, or in this last case, smelting, as the report calls it. There's no attribution, at least not yet. Any number of thoughtful predictions for 2017 from Recorded Future and Surfwatch Labs, for example, have warned that ransomware, distributed denial-of-service attacks, and destructive attacks may be expected to worsen. Bleeping Computer warns that more MongoDB attacks are on the way. Database administrators should look to their configurations. A group called Harakiri has been hijacking databases exposed on the Internet without the elementary precaution of a password protecting their admin accounts. The attackers encrypt the database and demand that two-tenths of a Bitcoin, about $200, be deposited in the criminal's Bitcoin wallet. More than 8,500 victims have been hit since bleeping computers' first warning this Monday. Two copycats have joined in, according to researcher Victor Gevers, who, according to BBC reports, is working for the Netherlands government. An actor calling itself Owned is thought to have hijacked more than 900 databases. This crew is asking for half a Bitcoin, around $500. And another group calling themselves 0704341628 asdf is believed to have attacked more than 700 MongoDB servers. This last gang asks for only 0.15 Bitcoin, or roughly $150, but they impose a 72-hour deadline and subject their victims to a sanctimonious lecture about digital hygiene. It seems that there's now a bit of cyber gangland turf war running over who gets to pwn MongoDB servers. It's in the interest of all civilized people that all sides of the squabble should lose, so admins, please do look to your configurations. So ransomware seems to be growing riskier. The MongoDB hijackings ask for relatively low ransoms, but that's not the case with other extortion schemes being observed. KillDisk, the destructive malware Black Energy packaged in the December 2015 attacks on the power grid in western Ukraine, has been developed into a ransomware package. 
According to researchers at the security firm ESET, this variant infects both Linux and Windows systems, not only encrypting files but rendering infected machines unbootable. The hoods behind the extortion are demanding 222 Bitcoin, between $210,000 and $250,000, depending on current rates, which by ransomware standards is very high. It gets worse. The crooks are sloppy and apparently not only won't but can't let their victims recover files even after the ransom is paid. As the ESET post on their We Live Security blog puts it, quote, The encryption keys generated on the affected host are neither saved locally nor sent to a CNC server. Let us emphasize that. The cyber criminals behind this kill disk variant cannot supply their victims with the decryption keys to recover their files, despite those victims paying the extremely large sum demanded by this ransomware. End quote. So by no means pay up if you become a victim. You'll be out a quarter of a million or so, and you won't get your files back either. Please note that a Google search for kill disk might lead you to believe that it's nothing more than a capable disk wiping tool. Buyer beware, don't follow the links and stay away from kill disk. In the UK, there's an ongoing multi-stage ransomware campaign targeting schools. The first stage is a cold call to a school, in which the caller pretends to be from the Department of Education and asks for the head teacher's email addresses so the head teachers can receive a confidential form. They then send emails to those teachers with malicious documents attached. Once infected, files are locked and the criminals demand an 8,000-pound ransom. The ransomware threat is affecting the security market. Markets and Markets predicts a 16.3% compound annual growth rate in the market for ransomware defense, rising from $8.16 billion in 2016 to $17.36 billion in 2021. You may have heard something about the Americans saying that the Russians were hacking away at political targets during the last election cycle. We're pretty sure we've heard something to that effect. Come on, we know you've heard about it. We've been talking about this since late spring. Anyway, the U.S. Senate held hearings yesterday on Russian election hacking. U.S. intelligence community leaders reaffirmed their conclusions that Russian services successfully targeted the Democratic National Committee. Eyebrows are being raised in the media over the FBI's apparent reliance on CrowdStrike's forensics in its investigation of the DNC hack, but such reliance is not really surprising. DNI Clapper promises a full report next week. Rumor has it the report will detail how WikiLeaks got DNC emails. Rumor also has it that the tips came through cutouts, so WikiLeaks may in fact have sincere or at least plausible deniability of knowing that it was being fed by Fancy Bear. President Obama is said to have been briefed yesterday. President-elect Trump has been scheduled for a briefing today. The story is, as they say, developing, what they call in the news business highly placed officials who spoke on condition of anonymity, are saying that the U.S. intelligence community knows exactly which Russian tipped off WikiLeaks. We hope those are good leaks, not like the one about the Vermont power grid being hacked. Oh, and why are the high officials speaking on condition of anonymity? Because they're leaking highly classified information, says they. We don't know. We don't deal with that stuff because we're a family show. But it does seem to us a good thing NISPOM applies to contractors, or else those leakers would be in big trouble. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler the leader in cloud security. 
Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. Joining me once again is Ben Yellen. He's a senior law and policy analyst from the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security. Ben, saw an article come by in Ars Technica. The title of the article was IRS to Coinbase. Please identify active U.S. traders between 2013 and 2015. Um, Coinbase is a popular Bitcoin wallet service. Um, Help us understand what's going on here. So the IRS actually generally has the right to uh, request data through administrative requests. That's under the United States Code, Section 7602. The reason that this case is unique is that the IRS would not be requesting information on any individual or any individual that holds virtual currency. They're requesting information from every single user of this virtual wallet, this Coinbase system. So while the request itself isn't unusual, it's the breadth of the request that I think is going to cause uh, a lot of concern among people who are protective of personal information and people who are civil uh, liberties advocates. The IRS hasn't spoken publicly about this request. Coinbase, while they say that they comply with all law enforcement administrative requests, have concerns about uh, revealing the personal data of every single one of their users between 2013 and 2015. Granted, the IRS's requests seem to indicate that there was at least reasonable suspicion, enough to get this sort of judicial order, that people had been trying to hide income, hide virtual currency as income, even though that income counts as property for tax purposes. So uh, I think it's it's the breadth of this search that has uh, opened some eyes. And it'll be interesting to see uh, whether the, the IRS is able to have this request granted by, by a court. What in general is the IRS's relationship with these kinds of you know, virtual currencies? So the IRS has issued a ruling on virtual currencies that took place in 2014. It held that virtual currencies count as income property for tax purposes. Uh, So they they don't get any sort of special designation. Now, property for tax purposes is slightly different than pure monetary income. It's more akin to holding uh, or obtaining something of significant monetary value than actually gaining the money itself. Uh, but again, that, that uh, IRS ruling, this administrative ruling, is relatively new. 
so we've only had one full tax year uh, under this holding, and I think a lot of the way that the IRS uh, treats virtual currency will become more evident in the coming years. Ben Yellen, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With identity orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. My guest today is Tony Cole from FireEye, where he's Vice President and Global Government Chief Technology Officer. FireEye recently released a report titled Questions and Answers, the 2017 Security Landscape. Obviously, something at the top of mind for a lot of people is the new administration coming to Washington. Uh, I think it's fair to say there's a certain amount of uncertainty coming along with that. Uh, uh, What's the report's take on that situation? Well, it's it's very interesting. You know, one thing we've seen a lot in the past, uh, inside cyber and uh, more outside than not, and that's um, the determination of many different adversaries at the nation state level and other places to actually go in and test, you know, the new administration's resolve in a number of different areas. Uh, based on what's happened leading up to this election, we think that that's certainly a, a good possibility in 2017 as well, that we could see some nation states test the resolve of the U.S. administration in cyber and other areas. What are we expecting from Russia and China? More of the same from Russia. So uh, they, they've been very, uh, very clear, you know, uh, with some of the attacks they've done over the last couple of years. Uh, we know they have a great capability. Uh, they're going to continue to actually test us, I think, across the board and, and many of our ab- uh, allies as well. Uh, on the Chinese side, I think we're going to continue to see a shrinking public-facing attack on the nation-state side. So, and more um, stealthy attacks taking place. You know that uh, are going to be hard to attribute directly back to the Chinese government. Uh, you mentioned in the overview of, of the report, one of the topics was what's next for less security, mature regions. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. Uh, what do you mean by less mature regions? Yeah, certainly. I, I spend a lot of time around the globe uh, talking to governments uh, and, and a lot of corporate organizations as well. And it's very clear to see that many of them don't even realize they're a target today. So as those countries um, you know, continue to grow and industrialize you know, in this uh, modern global economy, you know, they become more and more of a target for nation states and organized crime to go after, while many of them today aren't mature enough in their security thought process to even realize that somebody is actually out there with these capabilities to go after them. So they don't think they have a problem yet. 
you know, obviously that becomes very clear very quickly to them once they're shown that they're compromised. And I emphasize the point shown that they're compromised because most of the time they won't find it themselves. People often ask me, you know, who's the best out there today? And that's a very difficult question to answer because there's pockets of pretty decent. There's no pockets typically of excellence. And there's a lot of folks actually in the very, very lower tier, you know, not doing what they need to do. So, um, so it's kind of hard to define that one as you look across the globe. I mean, I, I, one of the, I heard a good analogy many years ago, and you can be the fastest soccer player on your team. That doesn't mean your team's any good. As you were putting the report together, were there any things that stood out that were surprising? Yeah, I, I think a few. You know, one of the ones that did surprise me, the, uh, the lack of awareness of many of the ICS system assets by security personnel, you know, tasked with protecting them. That's a big challenge. You know, we need to work on the awareness piece for ICS as, as well as the user awareness. But that's a big challenge where they don't realize that there are a target and there are vulnerabilities in those systems. And the fact that many of those systems are put in place for decades, you know, before they're uh, depreciated out of the environment is a challenge as well, because many of those vulnerabilities will likely never get fixed. I guess the the other piece probably was, you know, the uh, the very large uptick, you know, in ransomware attacks. And I think uh, regardless of the efforts that law enforcement is working on globally in that area, that's going to be another area where it's going to continue to accelerate for 2017. Something that's a major concern in regions that uh, aren't very mature in their security thinking and processes and tools yet. We have a continuing issue with not having enough personnel to fill the jobs, the cybersecurity jobs, certainly here in the United States. And we hear that around the world as well. Um, do you think that uh, situation is going to change for the better or for the worse coming into the new year? Uh, I think it's going to be worse, and that's not because there aren't great efforts underway. You know, the uh, the efforts here in the U.S. with the uh, uh, Information Assurance Schools of Excellence that NSA and now DHS as partnership have created, uh, many efforts like that in other nations around the globe now. However, um, you know, the fact that there were so many different uh, verticals around the globe that simply weren't aware of the security issue that hadn't done anything in this space. Uh, I think that, you know, the the requirement for security expertise is going to far outstrip, you know, what we can generate. And I think that's going to drive further use of automation and machine learning inside security environments, you know, for security mature organizations to solve some of these challenges. Because today, it's a continuous poaching game for the expertise that experts that are out there. So one organization steals them from another. So I think it's uh, it's going to be really interesting. I would say one point that uh, I think is going to be, I won't say fun because it's not fun, but interesting to watch is, you know, if you look at the attacks that happened, the Russian-focused attacks against the DNC here in the U.S., you know, with upcoming elections in Europe, specifically in Germany very soon, it's going to be interesting to see if Russia tries the same thing over there. Uh, I think the interesting part is everyone is aware of this now, uh, you know, in mature uh, countries out there around the globe. So it's going to be very interesting to watch to see if they still attempt to actually manipulate the election, knowing that the Germans and in other countries as well with elections coming up are watching very closely their systems to see if they attempt it. So I think that's going to be fun to watch in 2017. It'll at least be interesting and uh, hopefully we'll push the Russians back on their heels a little bit in this space. That's Tony Cole from FireEye. And that's the Cyberwire. 
We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmazas here, your host over at T-Minus Space Daily and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans, too. We here at N2K CyberWire work hard to bring you concise, intelligence-driven news and commentary, and we'd like to know how we're doing. Please take a few minutes to complete our audience survey and share your feedback to help us continue to grow and meet your needs. Visit cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to get started. Thanks so much for your input as we reach for the stars. It means the universe to us. Music.